seconds and just lift him a little bit higher this evening. Come on, somebody. Woo. I dare you to declare in this building tonight uh, that can no devil in hell uh, hold me. Listen, the soldiers couldn't keep him down. The whip couldn't keep him down. The thorns couldn't keep him down. And the grave couldn't keep him down. Uh, and my Bible tells me uh, that if the same spirit uh, that raised him from the dead. If you've got the Holy Ghost, uh, you've got some getting up power uh, living on the inside of you. Uh, you ought to serve notice uh, on every devil in hell tonight. Uh, I've got victory over every enemy. Uh, I've got victory uh, over every attempt of the devil. Uh, you can't hold me down. Uh, you can't keep me back. You can't stop me. I'm a part of a victorious church. I've got the promise of God over my life. Somebody shout yes. Shout yes. Shout yes. Come on, I dare you on this Tuesday night to lift your voice and shout uh, with a voice of triumph. Come on, lift your voice and declare uh, your victory in this place. Hallelujah. How many of you understand we've been celebrating miracles this past week? A couple of Sunday nights ago, the Holy Ghost came into this building and there has been an unlocking of the miraculous in this body. Prayers that we've been praying, some of the testimonies I shared with you on Sunday that the Victorian's uh, mother, well, I say Victorian, half of them is Victorian now. The other sister's not Victorian anymore. The sisters, Jessica and Stephanie, we prayed for her mama, and the test came back that the tumor's gone. The test came back that there's no heart problems. God had somebody out of the blue write an over $10,000 check to bless Sister Denisha with a brand new vehicle. Hey, how many of you remember we have been praying for Pastor Daryl Thrasher, how many of you remember that prayer request that we've been keeping before the church? They're online right now watching this service all the way from Mexico. I think we ought to give them a really quick uh, Rock Church welcome online. He has been battling a cancerous tumor in his brain. 
has been undergoing treatments and trying to figure out what the doctors want to do and for a long time his speech was completely impacted by this and God has been working and working. How many of you know that there are places in the Bible that when it says that God healed them that it is the word therapeo where we get our word therapy from and it is indicative that perhaps it was not an instantaneous healing but that there was a process by which God began to heal them. We have been praying for Pastor Thrasher and praying and just this week, maybe even hours or a day ago, I just got the news. The doctors came back and they ran some tests and they said, Mr. Thrasher, uh, we want to tell you uh, that we believe after this next visit in July uh, that you're only going to have to come here once a year uh, for a checkup uh, because we are basically going to give you uh, a clean bill of health. Uh, they said, Pastor Thrasher, uh, God has given you uh, a miracle. Uh, I need somebody in this building uh, to take about 60 seconds and praise him like it was your miracle tonight. Somebody rejoice with the thrashers tonight over the miracle of God. Come on, somebody. Yes. Come on. Praise God like it was your husband. Praise God like it was your daddy. Praise God! Yes! Open your mouth and shout yes, Lord! Open your mouth and shout yes, Lord! Open your mouth and shout yes, Lord!
praise on it right now. You ought to put a praise on your miracle. You ought to put a dance on top of your prayer tonight. is greater and his name is more powerful you shall live and not die somebody take a moment right now and praise him all over this sanctuary yes yes come on rejoice rejoice he come by your notable spot. Go! Go! one time somebody said bishop how how long we gonna keep declaring healing over sister Katrina I heard a story one time brother Bertram of an indigenous tribe that had a unique way of killing trees they would find a tree that they wanted to get out of the way and they would never use an axe 
or a knife or, or fire or any of those elements. But the elders of that tribe every day would get in a circle around the tree and they would shout at that tree. Every day they would shout at the tree and after several weeks the tree would begin to wilt. The tree would begin to die. I came to preach to somebody that there is a power in our worship and in our shout. If God could bring down the walls of Jericho with a shout, I believe we can shout against the sickness until it has to die and it has to leave. Somebody one more time tonight. Just give God a shout for healing. Give God a shout for healing. morning this past week we baptized Angelina in Jesus name for the remission of her sins she received the gift of the Holy Ghost we ought to rejoice over that tonight amen amen y'all can make your way back to your seats and just remain standing tonight in the presence of the Lord y'all came to have church tonight hallelujah amen while you grab your Bibles and get on your feet tonight, I also want to wish a happy birthday to our youth pastor, Pastor Spralaza tonight. Come on, would you help me put your hands together and honor this great young man of God? On his 27th birthday, he's closing in on the end of his 20s. Amen. We love and appreciate him and the anointing that's on his life and uh, everything that he and his precious wife do for this body. Amen. I am very, very honored tonight to bring to this desk uh, a man who means so very much to me. I was connected with Pastor Paul Bertram when I was just a young teenager. I think... I was either 18 or 19 years old. And brother and sister Bertram were vandalized, I mean evangelizing all over the country. And they came to our home church in Colorado and preached an incredible revival that impacted the lives and the destiny of our church. And at that time, being such a young man, I did not get the opportunity 
to get to know them very well, but from that moment, I had such great admiration for him and his precious, precious family. And as only God can do in his beautiful and amazing kingdom, God years later allowed me to connect with him on a, on a different level. And I had the privilege uh, of preaching an extended revival there at the, at the amazing epicenter of revival in his part of the country at Faith Mountain. Whoa, that's a strong name. And God did many great things. As a matter of fact, that was the last full-blown revival that I preached as an evangelist before I answered the call to come to Fort Myers. And uh, we fell in love on an even greater level with he and his precious family, and they left an indelible mark upon our lives, and, and I consider them family. They are family to us. And I cannot tell you what a joy it is to have him in the house of the Lord here tonight to minister the word of the Lord to us. Amen. And it is such a, a treat to have his parents, uh, the elder Bertrams with us in the house of the Lord tonight. Would you put your hands together and give them a great big, come on, we can do better than that. Give them a great big welcome tonight. We are so glad to have them in the house of the Lord. Pastor Bertram, I love you so very much. It means the world to us that you're here tonight. I know that God has a continual flow of his word that works through you. And I know that God has anointed you to, to touch this congregation tonight. We want you to come and just preach what you feel. We're with you tonight all the way. Amen. Would you one more time put your hands together. Give God a great praise as he comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us. God is so good, for ye are a chosen generation. That scripture means more to me now than it ever did before. It has a particular meaning now, for we truly are a chosen generation. I believe we're the generation welcoming in Daniel's 70th week. I believe we're the generation God has called to be his light before he calls his church out. As darkness descends on the world, ye are the chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth his praises. I thank God for what I feel here, and it is an honor to be with the Williams family. We love and appreciate them very much. And uh, what, uh, well, I don't have to tell you for you to know. How blessed you are to have a man of God and, and the first lady of this church, Sister Barbara Williams, and their family, their boys. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen that uh, everybody is, is loving the kingdom of God. The reason that happens that way in a family is because at home, behind the scenes, when nobody's looking, the same love for the kingdom of God and commitment to what is righteous and true and holy is being lived and practiced 24-7. And uh, it is an honor to be here to see the great revival that God has brought to Fort Myers 
uh, through this church. You are a holy convocation. This isn't just another church service. You're a holy convocation. You're some, the Bible says we are a spiritual house built up together to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. When you start filtering through the doors and coming down the street and everybody coming in and milling around and getting in your place, heaven starts rubbing its hands together. Because heaven's connection to earth is us. And we're his spiritual house. And we offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable unto God. Hallelujah. What a privilege it is to be a part of the kingdom. What a privilege. What a privilege. And I, I also want to say I love my parents. I thank God for Jim and Darlene Bertram. I feel like the luckiest, luckiest man on the earth to have had these good people of God, saints, faithful saints of God as parents. My whole life growing up, there was never a question of whether or not we was going to church. The snow could be two feet deep in the streets and the blizzard coming down and we got in the car and we headed to church. We, we's up in the north country. There was never a question, never a doubt in my mind, not a single time. And uh, I want to tell you, you start that kind of a pattern in your family. That's right. You start that pattern in your family. And you'll see God continue to bless down through the generations. So it's an honor to have them here. Love you, Mom and Dad. And uh, let's turn quickly in our Bibles to Mark chapter 5. Wish my wife was with me tonight, but we are in the midst of a church move, and there are so many things happening, um, and it's just, it's, just a, it's just a busy, busy time. But uh, she sends her love and greetings to the Williams and to my folks. And uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 18. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. You may be seated. I want to preach with the help of the Holy Ghost today, and I do feel a special anointing. I want to preach on this thought. Tell your story. Tell your story. Everyone here, from the youngest child to the eldest saint in this place, you have your own story. No one else can tell your story. Nobody else has your testimony. And Jesus said, go tell your story. Go tell how great things the Lord has done for thee. And the Bible says that 
that this one who was a naked, raving, wild, demoniac, running through the tombs, bleeding in the night and in the day, cutting himself with stones, often bound with chains and fetters, but no man could constrain him. This one, who undoubtedly would have thought, how can I be an impact for the good in my community? I am not the who's who around here. I'm the what's what. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the story that everybody knows the horror about. But he went and he began to tell his story. He got the word out. And I want to say I believe that we're living in an hour when the church, everyone must find your voice. It is time for the church to find your voice. You don't have to find Pastor Bertram's voice. You don't have to find Pastor William's voice. You don't have to match some evangelist that comes by or the, the biggest soul winner in the church. All you've got to do is tell your story. You say, but my story is kind of, it, it, it's not sensational. Just tell your story. Just tell what the Lord has done for you. Just begin to tell what church means to you. Just tell the good things that you've seen God do. Just, just talk about what you love at church. Just talk about how the goodness of the Lord lifts you up when you're down. Just tell your story. God's not expecting you to win a court case every time you witness to somebody. He said, just tell them your story. Oh, hallelujah. Isaiah 40 and 9 says this, O Zion, that bringest good tidings. I want to tell you, the church is Zion. That bringest good tidings. Get thee up into the high mountain, O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. I'm praying, God, in this last day, baptize the church with a courage and with a revelation. I don't have to step outside of who I am. I don't have to be something bigger than what I am. I just need to tell my story. He said, lift up your voice. Be not afraid. For you're bringing good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength. Unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. You see, Satan wants to silence us. He wants to say, you don't have a testimony. Everybody has a testimony. All of us were bound for hell. From the goody two-shoes to the drug pusher to the murderer. All of us were bound for hell. All of us were stained with sin. But we have a testimony. I've been forgiven of my sins. And he daily maketh intercession for me. He's picked me up a thousand times. He's renewed my faith. He's restored my strength. He's kept my feet in the path. You've got a story. Hallelujah. Satan wants to silence you, but you've got to find your voice. Acts 1 and 8, 
very familiar passage. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Isaiah 44 and 8. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? Ye are even. This is almighty God speaking. Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? There is no God. I know not any. God, I'm going to tell you, the creator of heaven and earth. He could have sent angels to be his witnesses, but he said, ye are my witnesses. The devil says, you're just a little old nobody. And God said, oh no, you're somebody. You've been washed in my blood. You've been filled with my spirit. You're a living testimony in the earth. He was kicked out of heaven. You've never seen heaven, and you're on your way there. You're my witness. You're my witness. God declares it. You see, we know this story. I'm going to back up and read verses 1 through 6 here. And they came over Jesus. Jesus is in a ship, and he leaves one side of the sea, and he comes over the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. Verse 2, and when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones but when he saw Jesus afar off he ran and worshipped him I want to tell you something this is a gospel everybody can preach this is a gospel that everybody's been anointed to preach you've got a gospel that you're anointed to preach Jesus said go tell your story Go tell the good things God has done for you. Does anybody feel your help coming on? <laughs> anybody feel your faith rising? Anybody thinking right now, okay, I know who I'm talking to at work tomorrow. I know who I'm talking to at school. I know the neighbor that I've got to just... just Get over there and just tell my story. I've been trying to figure out how to do this, the right way to go about it. I want to tell you, the best thing is just be yourself. Tell your story. Hallelujah. Exodus 3 and 18. The Lord's telling Moses. And he's sending Moses on quite a mission. Go deliver his people out of Egypt. And he said, and they shall hearken to thy voice. And thou shalt come, thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt. Whew. How'd you like to have to tell your story there? And ye shall say unto him, the Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us. And now let us go. We beseech thee. Three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. I'm talking about learning to speak up. Okay, God said, now listen. Children of Israel are going to listen to you. And then I want you to go tell the king of Egypt. Let us go. We're going three days journey out in the wilderness. Uh, and, 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 and we want to sacrifice to our God. But listen to Moses in Exodus chapter 4 verse 1. I want to tell you, 
but they won't listen has been the lament of God's witnesses and God's prophets from age immemorial. For as long as God has called witnesses to his stand. Listen, and Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me. You ever felt that way? You're in good company. You're walking right hand in hand with Moses, the lawgiver, the one that went up in the mountain and place shook with thunder and lightning. Did he have a connection with God? Yes, he did. And you do too. And he said, but they will not believe me, nor hearken to my voice. For they will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. I'm going to tell you, the futility has been battled by all of God's witnesses. The feeling that, wow, I've, I've witnessed and I've, I've talked. I want to tell you what just happened. I've lived on this street I live on for 18 years. I've invited people to our dramas, invited them to church, passed out things. And just about a month ago or six weeks ago, I was walking my dog back down the road. And a lady came by in her car. She slowed down. And I said, well, hello, how are you doing? Her name was Connie. And uh, she had lost her husband recently. And I said, Connie, I want to invite you to my church. And she said, you know, I'm looking for a church. Now, I could have just said I've invited them. So I've left brochures on their door. I've been up and down this street. But I'm just called to be his witness. I'm just called. Listen, I want to tell you. It was two Sundays ago she came. And got baptized in Jesus' name. She's been attending every week. The Holy Ghost all over. She's about to get filled with the Spirit. All I can tell you is you can't stop now. We're at the end of the journey. It's time to ramp it up. I said it's time to ramp it up. We see what's happening in the world, but we are not blind to what's happening in the world. You're the only ones that know what's really going on in the world. And I want to tell you, this kingdom is the only hope this world has. Hallelujah. It's a common thing to feel like unless you see immediate results that it's doing no good. That they dismiss you out of hand and brush you off and with a little sneer or a little mock. But I want to tell you something. Remember, the Bible says uh, that when Stephen was stoned, that, they, that those that were stoning Stephen laid down their coats at the feet of a man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit and lay not this sin to their charge. It looked like Stephen's witness was no good. But then you get to Acts chapter 9. And Saul, yet breathing out, and that man that they laid their coats at the feet of was a man named Saul. And the Bible says, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter, desired letters to Damascus that he may go to Damascus and bring whosoever he found of this way. I'm talking about our way, Acts 2.38 way, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost way. Any that he could find of this way, that he might commit them to prison. 
he had all over Judea wreaked havoc on the church. But on his way there, on his way there, Acts 22 and 7, Saul, whose name is now Paul, recounts his testimony. And he says, I fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. What was getting him? What was stabbing him in the heart? What was driving him madder and madder? I want to tell you what it was. <laughs> he saw a man that had the glow of God on him. He saw a man that had something that he thought he was at war against. He said, I thought I was doing service to God. And he's on his way to commit more to prison. But God knew what was working. And what it was, was it was that witness. It was that witness of Stephen. Stephen's gone on to be his, meet his reward. It looked like Stephen was a failure. But he wasn't. He wasn't. And Saul gets his name changed to Paul. The Bible says, declare his glory among the heathen. His marvelous works among all nations. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods. So we take up his cause. We take up his cause. We take it in our mouth. Each one. And we declare. The Bible says, who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. He's called us. To declare his generation. And I want you to stay with me for a moment here. Because this story. The story of the demoniac. Shows. The value. That Jesus places upon every single life. It shows the value. When we look at that story. Jesus crossed the sea in a ship. When the ship is grading up onto the sand and gravel, coming screaming down out of the mountain is the demoniac. When you finish that whole story out, Jesus never goes into town. He crosses the sea for a wild man in the tombs, bleeding, crying. And when the demoniac comes, Jesus ministers to him and delivers him from the power of Satan. And it shows us that with Jesus, no one is beyond hope. Because if that man can be changed, anyone can be changed. All of us can be changed. All of us can overcome. No matter how bad the history of your life is, everything can be healed by the great healer. But I want you to notice something. The demoniac, where we took our text, he requested of Jesus that he might, I want to get in the ship and go with you. And Jesus said, nope. Go and tell what great things the Lord hath done for thee. It'd be nice if we got the Holy Ghost and just got raptured. 
didn't have to get back out there and say no to the devil and yes to prayer and no to my flesh and yes to discipleship and learning the way of God. I'm going to tell you, when you get the Holy Ghost, get baptized in Jesus' name. That's the beginning, not the end. The Bible talks about then we learn to put on Christ. And we learn to put off the old. There's a bunch of old man. God saved you. That's true. But now he said you got to put off the old man. There's stuff that Pastor Williams and your discipleship or deeper life teachers are going to be teaching you. God expects you to start taking off that old man. Okay? And putting on the new man, which is created in Christ Jesus. You're going to put on a new look. You're going to put on a new walk. We want a man out of prison. And I told him, I said, hey, you got to quit wearing your hat that way. That's your old gangbanger, prison, hood man hat. Come on now, you ain't doing that no more. I've had him come in. I said, hold it. We don't wear our belt with that, with that belt tongue hanging down an extra foot. No, 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 no. You're, you're a new man now. When they start teaching you, okay, we got to dress different. Ladies, when they teach you, okay, this is what God wants you to do. Putting on the new man. Putting on the new man, which is created in Christ Jesus. God is so merciful, so good. He saves us. We can walk off the street, out of the bar room, out of fornication, out of cursing and bitterness, into the church, and the same night, God forgive you and fill you with the Holy Ghost, and you're buried with Christ in baptism, and you're ready to go to heaven. And thank God for it. Oh, I forgot to talk about how glad I am to see little Morgan and Trevor. Big mean Trevor who came and stole my cute little squirrel. I mean girl. From Faith Mountain. Yes, yes. In fact, your daddy told me get right over there and preach to her a little bit tonight. I saw him on the plane today. We were all traveling together. He was headed to Alabama. And so here we are. And the Bible says that he began to proclaim in Decapolis. Now you've got to understand what Decapolis is. Decapolis is a region. And the Bible says, and all men did marvel. <laughs> when God gets a hold of your life, I don't care if they're the richest man in town. If they know there's been a change in you, their eyebrows going up. And all men did marvel. And he began to publish throughout Decapolis. Well, Decapolis is a region of about ten cities. And one of the leading cities of Decapolis is Damascus. Jesus said, no, 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 no. You've got work to do. But I'm just a demoniac with cuts and scars all over me. I'm just, I'm the wild man that everybody in the region has saw naked. I'm the one that's crazy. They've wrestled me to the ground, mobs of them, and chained me up. And then I broke the chains, and they've heard me scream. They've shuttered their windows at night and, and tried to rock their babies to sleep as they heard the wild man wailing and screaming in the night. Who am I? Jesus said, you've got some work to do. You go tell your story.
I'm going to tell you, the devil tells you, oh, I, I, I was a pimp. I was a street walker. I was a drug addict. I was, a, I was, I was filthy. I was perverted. I was this. I was that. Uh, you just need to thank God that you're in the church and you need to stay quiet and sit on the back row. Devil's a liar. Devil's a liar. Devil's a liar. You need to tell how much joy God has filled you with, how much peace he's filled you with, how much hope he's filled you with. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he goes. And it was to this Gentile community that Jesus commanded this man to go and bear witness. I'm going to tell you, we cannot let personal failure silence us. Peter on the day of Pentecost could have hung his head in shame and said, you know, uh, I cursed just a few days ago. I cursed and denied I knew him. But instead he lifted his voice and said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. God doesn't judge like men do. And God doesn't judge like we do. God doesn't see us like we see ourselves. Hallelujah. And so, here we are. I want to talk about Damascus. And I'm hurrying to a close. I'm almost there. And Saul, Acts 9 and 1, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed near Damascus, a bright light shone from heaven suddenly, and he fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And in verse 5 he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Now, verse 8, Saul arose. When his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. Verse 10, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus. There had been a revival at Damascus. <laughs> Y'all following the little breadcrumb trail here? There had been a revival at Damascus. A demoniac telling his story. And all through the Decapolis, all men did marvel. We know you. We see what God has done. And there's a certain disciple. And Saul is breathing out threatenings and slaughter. And he's on his way where the demoniac had already told his story. And there were disciples there. And God gets Saul by the collar and shakes him like a pit bull shaking a, a little rat. And, 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 and get and, and Saul says, what am I going to do? He said, you go on into the city. And, and there's a street called Straight Street. You go in there. And, and, and he was in there blind. And God goes to speak into one of the converts. All right. It's time, Ananias, for you to go. It's time for you to go and, and pray for one named Saul. Ananias says, hold it. That's a bad dude right there. He has, he has been really tearing the church up. And the Lord said, but he is a chosen vessel for me. He is chosen for me. I want to tell you, and I, I'm, I'm, the music can come. 
the demoniac started a revival by just telling his story. I wonder what kind of revival. I see what's happening here. But there's a lot more people out there. I wonder what would happen if we all start telling our story. Oh, come on. Let's stand together right now. Isn't it something? Jesus appeared to the demoniac. Wow. And he also appeared to one of the chief Pharisees in all of Jewry. He has authority in letters, and his name is Saul. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He loved the law of Moses. He thought he was doing Jehovah God a favor. The same God that appears to a wild man in the tombs. Looks at him, and you know how much difference God sees in this learned man and the demoniac? I don't know if, if we could even measure the distance that God sees between them. And God's no respecter of persons. Mm, I, hope you, I hope you get what's burning in, in my spirit right now. God has spoken to some hearts tonight. And to this church, you know, the, the, the scripture, the end of Revelation says, the spirit and the bride say, come. And whosoever will, come. And whosoever is a thirst, let him come. And take the water of life freely. God is calling to his church. And I want to say something. whole world in, in that day, the whole country of the Gadarenes saw a man that needed to be bound. And Jesus saw a man that needed to be freed. I want to say in this service tonight, I don't know who all's here. I don't know anybody's background. Haven't had no conversation with Pastor Williams. But isn't it something? That Jesus Christ makes a trip all the way across the sea. I wonder what drew him there. I'll tell you what I think drew him there. The same thing that drew him here and drew you here tonight. He heard the demoniac's cries. <laughs> he heard his cries. He heard the moans in the night that the rest of the world was trying to shut out and block it from their ears and chain him down. And Jesus said, oh, I hear his cries. I wonder, is there anyone in the midst of this congregation? There's been some moans in you. There's been some groans in you. There's been some tears in the night. God, am I ever going to get my life right? God, can this really be for me? God, can I really become what you want me to become?
I want to tell you, he's here tonight. He's here tonight for you. He's here tonight for every one of us. Right now, let's lift our hands and let's call upon him. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for this church family that's gathered. I want you to continue to pray, church. Let's pray. But I'm also reaching to the visitor. Maybe you've been coming and you're hungry for the Holy Ghost. But you're just not sure. Would God really do for me what he's done for all these people? And I want to tell you, he will. If you'll step out from where you're at and you'll cry out to him, I'm telling you, Jesus will meet you. He'll meet you at the altar. He'll, he'll break the chains. He'll set you free. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice, church. Lift your voice. God is calling his people to tell your story. God's calling. God's calling the sinner right now because you're a chosen vessel to him. You're a chosen vessel. He sees. He sees what his purpose for your life is. The devil's a liar. I said the devil's a liar. God. God loves you as much as he loves this preacher. As much as he loves this pastor. God loves you and wants to do a miracle in your life. Hallelujah. Make you a living testimony. Make your life a witness. Hallelujah. Make you part of his bride. Part of his church. Hallelujah. Come on, he's heard your cries in the night. He's heard your cries. He's heard your prayer. Oh, hallelujah. Will you come to him? Will you come and worship him? Will you lift your hands and surrender to him? Oh, Jesus. 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 Tell his gospel with those.